Oh, good afternoon, folk, and welcome to another episode of Looking Up here on Faith FM on this cloudy but nice Wednesday afternoon here in the beautiful Newcastle area where we are airing from. Just want to welcome each and every one of you. My name is Danny Malenkov, and I am joined today by someone who is a very familiar voice, if not face, just as well, but a very familiar voice to all of you, or most of you, or many of you, and that is my good friend Lyle Southwell. Welcome, Lyle. Well, it kind of depends whether they are um, early risers or not, because of course um, I'm on the breakfast show, and so, yeah, not everybody who listens to the drive show listens to the breakfast show, but you should. You should. I've got you should. faith. I've got faith that those that listen in the morning, they all listen in the afternoon as well, because um, these two shows, they like go hand in hand. They do, absolutely. So I'm pretty excited. I, I don't think I've ever been on your show before, have I? I know I've been yeah. on Robbie's show once. Yes. Yeah, so, is this um, the first time I've been on I think yours? it is. I think it's the first time. So we, we're going to see whether it'll be the last time. Yeah, so. first, first, first and maybe last time on the Danny Milenkov show here in the afternoon. It no. feels weird to be doing radio with the sun. Yes, it does. <laughs> <laughs> Normally when I start radio, it's pitch dark outside. <laughs> yes, yeah, so it's good to have you, Lyle. Sharissa, she's away up north with her best bud, Justin, and they're doing some uh, programs, some workshops there at a youth training um, uh, place event up in Mwoolamba. Have you been up there to I see have. what they're doing? What do they do up there? Oh, it's absolutely amazing. So there's a bunch of young people, like the, the cream of the crop, you know, the, the, the greatest of our young people in Australia, in my opinion, are the ones that go to either Arise or what they now have this year, LMT, Lay Missionary Training. And they, uh, you know, they spend hours during the day studying the Bible together. Then they spend hours in the afternoon doing outreach, going out to the community and ministering to people in a really practical way. Um, it's deeply spiritual young people. They're on fire for God mm. and it's, Honestly, it is the highlight of my year is when I get to go up there and teach. Wow. Yes. Are you teaching up there this no, year? No, I haven't been invited. Oh, I think there's Danny. good reason. I think there's good reasons why they don't invite me. <laughs> it won't be that ex- exciting experience for the young people if I do go up there. No, so. Danny, Danny would be just too radical for them all. Oh, probably. No, I'm from Macedonia. I'm from Macedonia, you know, so that, that sort of, you know, says a lot. And there's a great risk in taking someone on board like me. But no, I've heard, I've heard, and I've, and I've yeah, spent a lot of time with young people. I've had young people in my church that are from Arise. And so it, it is an incredible experience. So, yeah, hopefully one day I'll get an opportunity to go there. And, hey, if there's any – you don't have to be young people. I think this is one of the youngest classes they've ever had because everyone is around about 18 years old. Oh, wow. Except for, I think it's Ross, who's 70. Oh, wow. So there you go. So, there's hope for all of us. so if you're interested, give us a call and we can maybe give you some information. Yeah, be and part can... of next year's class. Definitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that's great. And now we want to um, enjoy some good music. So sit back and listen to this first piece by Anna Biedman. Have you ever felt joy deep inside your soul?
from your lips my name your call Jesus it's you I'll stand before Totally in awe It's unimaginable Welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful bit of music from An Abedement Unimaginable. That's a mouthful, isn't it, Lyle? Yeah, try and say that one faster. <laughs> Welcome back to Looking Up this afternoon, and you are with Danny and Lyle. Um, Sharissa is up north, as we pointed out earlier, and we always give a big warm welcome to our producer, Shell. Um, have you ever bumped into Shell, Lyle? Once or twice. Once or twice, yeah. Yep. That's fantastic. Yeah, she's a pretty good producer, actually. Um, he's a sneaky little, um, a sneaky little, I'll, I'll just, um, yeah, let this little secret out. I uh, took her out on a date today for lunch. Was really nice, and I hear a rumor that she has like produced some offspring. Yes, on your indeed, behalf. indeed, she has. So she's more than just a, she's more than just a Faith FM producer. Yeah, we've been together about twenty seven years. Yeah, so that's, that's fantastic. Pretty, pretty awesome. <laughs> that is awesome. It's great to have her, and she's a blessing. So thank you, Shell, for joining us once again and and keeping everything on track. Now, in case you'd like to connect with us, give you the numbers so you can give us a call if there's any comments or any questions you want to post today. We've got a very exciting program. It's the much anticipated um, Bible study and taking a look at the mark of the beast subject. So we've been taking, uh, we've been leading up to this. We've been going through the book of Daniel and we were journeying um, through Daniel chapter 7 in our last couple of weeks. And today we are going to unpack this question. It's come through by a number of listeners, Lyle, have wanted to know, is there any connection with the mark of the beast and the vaccine? In particular. Oh, yeah, wow. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a pretty cool question. It's interesting because um, when we did the N.Digital uh, Prophecy Program last year, and we're going to be doing another one of those this year, which was, you know, covering broad sweep of uh, end-time apocalyptic prophecies, the Mark of the Beast had one of the highest viewerships of mm. any subject that we covered. Wow. Yeah, everybody was interested in that one. Everybody wanted to know what the mark of the beast is. So, yeah, I'm I'm curious, Danny. You lining up to? Uh, so we are we are we're vaccinated <laughs> with the mark of the beast. Yes. Well, I went I went a bit online because I you know I haven't checked it out um in the past, but I went online today just to see what's out there. And boy, oh boy, was I well, I wasn't surprised because I was expecting quite a lot of information on that because there are uh, some interesting parallels with what's going on with the vaccine. Yeah. And with the mark of the beast and what Revelation says. And so I can see how people are putting two and two together and coming to conclusions. And so there's tons and tons, literally millions of websites out there, YouTubes and so forth, people that are, that have their theories, um, on the mark of the beast and the vaccine connection. So, and yeah, so it's really interesting. So we're going to, we're going to just take a look at some of those, a couple of those theories. And then more importantly, we're going to take a look at what the Bible has to say. Absolutely. Because that's the bottom line. What does the Bible have to say? Yes. 
That's what we need to talk about. Exactly. So if you'd like to ask a question or make or, or give a comment, um, feel free to do that. one 800 324-843 is the number, 1-800-324-843, or you could text us or even call us on the mobile, 0491-064-669. That's 0491-064-669. Now, in connection um, with this whole uh, element of worship that we have been taking a look at, the law, we've, been, we've discovered that the central issue in the book of Daniel and Revelation, in fact, the whole Bible from beginning to end, is worship and allegiance, faithfulness to God and making the choice whether to be faithful, whether to be loyal to God, yes or no. And so you have a keen interest in religious liberty, and worship is yes. obviously the central um, aspect of of religious liberty. Now, you've been tracking on the news and what's been happening. You've been sharing with our listeners on your morning show regarding some of the some of the things that have been taking place in the world in the re, in the religious liberty sphere. Do you want to sort of share with us what you've been sharing this week and sort of what's hot on the press at the moment? Yeah. Okay. So it's interesting because um, I've never uh, I've never lived in an era when which religious liberty is under such threat, uh, primarily in countries like you know Canada, the United States, Great Britain, Great Britain, and Australia, and there's almost you know a major story every week in that realm. Uh, the big one that came out this week, of course, of course, is a class action that is is taking place in the United States right now, um, and it is against. A whole group of colleges and universities within the United States that are privately owned religious institutions mm-hmm. that receive government funding and that in some way or another will discriminate um, in relationship to LGBT plus people. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, there are some of these institutions that will say, no, if you want to date somebody of the same sex, you can't be a part of this college. You can't do that on campus. That's that's against the rules. Mm-hmm. Now, I went, to, I, I went to college in America. I studied at a college in America. And their rules went, you know, even the, the next step further because they're like, you can't date on campus. Oh, have mercy. So you, obviously, you obviously didn't meet Shell there. No, uh, did you well, meet her there? No, probably, probably, secret, um, secret dating? Um, there's got to be secret dating <laughs> places. Like, come on, you can't. You can't really... I mean, love. I mean, how do you stop that kind of love? Well, you know, okay. it goes underground. It goes like the Christian movement, you know, in Russia. There during, are, there during are kind communism. Of <laughs> it goes underground. <laughs> Shell is nodding. She's laughing. She's nodding. But anyway, back there's to a whole, There's a whole big story behind that, which I would love to share, but we'd probably be getting sidetracked. Mm. But, you know... An independently owned college can basically make, you know, they've got freedom to make their own their own rules and you then get to decide, do I want to go to this college and abide by those rules or not? Mm-hmm. And, of course, then the situation that you have is a bunch of LGBT plus people are saying, well, we're being discriminated against because these are colleges that have taken a stand that um, LGBT affirming is unbiblical. So they're accepting but not affirming. Yep. And what I mean by that is that they will accept you, they will love you, you can study there, you can do all of that kind of thing. Um, They're happy to have you as a part of the program, um, provided that you don't practice Mm -hmm. or promote homosexuality. Yes. If you practice or promote homosexuality, some of them go as far as saying, well, you're not going to graduate because um, we that, that, that goes against the ethos of, of, of our college and so you're not going to graduate, etc. Others, you know, there's a whole range of different um, rules that these various colleges have. And so 
this class action has been launched uh, against these colleges. There's been some Adventist ones, some LDS ones, a whole bunch of evangelical ones that have been caught up in it. And basically what they're saying is that because these colleges receive government funding, they are using government dollars Mm -hmm. to enforce religious teaching and that that then is a union of church and state which should not exist in the United States and that you can't use government dollars to discriminate against Mm. somebody based on their sexuality. It's a very, very interesting scenario. And it kind of makes you ask the question, you know, back in the 50s when we first started taking government funding, was that a smart thing to do or not? Mm. Because the strings attached. And now for the very first time, and, and, you know, we've been, we've been saying for the last 50 years or so, uh, there's no strings attached. They will never be, you know, uh, pulled, etc. But suddenly those strings are starting to be pulled. Mm. Be interesting to see where this goes. It's, um, uh, I think this court case will drag on for a significant amount of time. I think that these colleges are going to get together and invest heavily in the um, in their defence. Mm-hmm. They've got a lot of money at stake here. Well, there's a lot riding on this. We're talking about institutions that will. This yes. could go to this could go to the Supreme Court. Wow! And if it does, it'd be interesting to see what the Supreme Court does because. Uh, on one hand, you've got re- issues of religious liberty, which is being attacked by the LGBT plus community. On the other hand, you've got issues of separation of church and state, which is being promoted by the evangelical churches. Mm-hmm. And both of those were actually work together. They actually go in hand in hand to create religious persecution. Wow. And so it's almost like you've got both sides that are pushing the government towards positions that are unbiblical and that will result in religious persecution and will eventually result in our subject today, which is the mark of the beast. Wow. This this is like two trains heading from opposite directions toward one another. Yes. Like this, this, yes. this is an inevitable explosion. Because to have to enforce the mark of the beast, you've got to have union of church and state That's because right. you're enforcing worship. That's right. That's right. Yeah. To enforce the mark of the beast, you've got to have, a, have restrictions on religious liberty. The left is bringing in restrictions on religious liberty and the right is bringing in union of church and state. Mm-hmm. That's right. And so there are two trains going... Just, they are high speed trains headed towards each other. And, and neither one, one is mind. slowing down. Neither, neither one, is, one slowing is slowing down. down. It doesn't matter which way you jump, mm. because some people are like, oh, I'm going to jump left. Well, you're going to land in the fire there. Oh, I'm going to jump right. You're going to land in the fire there as well. Yeah. And the thing is, this is not just an American situation. We have the exact same scenario here in Australia. We do. Because the Australian private school system, uh, system is also strongly funded. I'm not sure what the percentage is, but by the government. Yes. Um, in order to, in order to keep it afloat. And, and to keep the fees we do manageable have, and so We do have, to be honest, a better separation of church and state here in Australia than, than they do in America, and it's not a part of our constitution. There's nothing in our laws that says so. In fact, our constitution is almost not separation of church and state, wow. but we manage it, we do a better job of it. Yeah, fascinating. So watch this space, folks. So will you be continuing to cover this and, and update the listeners on the morning show? We always do. So yeah. whenever whenever there is breaking news, such as, you know, a story like this, uh, you'll always hear it on The Breakfast Show. And, you know, it's it's been launched. Um, it's going to – This is I, I suspect that this is, this is a case that will continue over the next couple of years, and so you won't hear about it every morning, but from time to time. Yeah. When there is reportable news on it, we will report on it. 
Yeah, and obviously you're probably tapping into the American news sources because in Australia we don't generally cover too much from that point of view unless it's something great. And great no, no, this is this is this is this is an American news story that is. Um, it will. It's, it'll it's, probably it's, make its way to the Australian. Yeah, maybe sooner or later. Day, possibly, it's kind of seen as being a storm in a you know teacup. But we've got our own here. We've, we've got. We we've do. Got, we, we do. With the so, likes of Israel Falau and that's right, and, so, and the Victorian red legislation oh, that we had yeah. recently, and not to mention you know all the other states, a number of other states lining up. Um, so we've we've got more than enough of our own here, and it's just a matter of time until it comes to New South Wales. Yeah, and the question really there is: okay, we've seen what happened in Victoria. It's going to come to New. South Wales, mm. how are we going to respond when it does, and are we going to actually do something about it before it does? Yeah. Are we going to be proactive yeah. or reactive? Yeah, I know, and that's and that's uh, and that's something that you've put forward to the ministers of this conference, and so we're I'm I'm interested to see you know where it goes to um, yes. from here. So because this is something we do need to uh, be vigilant about and face. And our church, our Seventh Day Adventist Church, has a proud history of being on the front lines when it comes to protecting the freedom of religion for all people. That's no right. Matter, no matter Absolutely. what, no matter Absolutely. what their this faith. Is, this is not a Christian issue. No. I will fight just as hard here on this station to protect the rights of Satanists to worship Satan. Mm, amen. Because God extends the freedom for a Satanist to worship Satan if he so chooses. Mm. And if God's going to extend that freedom, then I will extend that freedom as well. doesn't mean that I agree with it. I don't have to agree with it. But I agree with what God does when he gives everybody the freedom to choose. And that's an inalienable right that we need to fight for. And we need to, we need to stand up for it, you know, and particularly here in New South Wales. Uh, we are enjoying a, a level of freedom, but even still, under the Victorian legislation, the bizarre thing is that, you know, if I pray for someone in Victoria and they don't like the content of my prayer, then they can extradite me to Victoria and imprison me in Victoria just for praying for someone. Who ever thought, Danny, that we would live in an era where you could go to jail for praying for someone. If that person asked for prayer. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so I, just wanna, I just want to put it out there to the afternoon because I've, I've put it out there regularly to our morning listeners. If you want prayer for something, I don't care what you want prayer for. But if you want prayer for something, give us a call here on Faith FM. I will pray for you. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. Amen. Regardless Amen. of Victorian Amen. legislation, we will pray for you. That's right, because there is a higher authority than the legislation of this land, and that's, that's right. the authority of God. And so Daniel, he was willing to go to the lion's den because of the issue of prayer. And so likewise, we are willing. And Shell, she will be willing to visit <laughs> you in Victoria. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so we are living in strange and unusual times. And all yeah. these things tell us, folk, that, that the coming of Jesus is right at the door. As Jesus said, when you see all these things, look up because your redemption is drawing near. And so, folk, today we're going to be taking a look at um, one of the one of the great and grand final end-time issues that will take this world by storm, which is the whole seal of God and mark of the beast issue, the, the issue of allegiance and worship. We're going to take a look at that today. We're going to, um, yeah, we're going to do that after some music, and then we're going to have the news, and then we're going to come right back and get into that. This is a really important subject. Uh, Subjects. There's so much confusion, Lyle, on this subject. There's all kinds of winds of doctrine blowing out there, especially with social media and the internet and the you know YouTube, like at no other time. So if ever we needed the truth to set us free from all these deadly delusions from the devil, we need them today. So s- sit back, folk. 
Um, have a little bit of a break now. Enjoy some music and uh, the news. Grab your Bibles. You'll need your Bibles unless you're driving. And, uh, and then you'll join us for our Bible study right after this break and the news. So God bless. Stick around and get your Bibles and you are ready and waiting for an exciting Bible study. Sit back and enjoy London Gatch, Jesus, Only You.
Because you listen to Faith FM, we want to hear from you. Hmm. This is your opportunity to tell us what you think as part of an Australia-wide research project. To take part, just visit faithfm.com.au and follow the survey links. You'll also go into the running to win a $100 gift card. Your answers are anonymous and will really help our understanding of what we mean to you and will ensure Faith FM can continue to be a voice of hope into the future. Thank you for telling us what you think. Visit faithfm.com.au for all the details. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Hey there, dudes and dudettes. This is Robbie. And I'm Tash from Real Faith. If you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then come join us from 3.30 to 5.30 every Thursday hour to hear fresh stories of God working in real people's lives. Digging deep into the scriptures and having a fun time. We'll We'll see see you there. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then.
welcome back. Hope you enjoyed that beautiful song, Remember the Sabbath. And uh, that's going to be part of our discussion today as we take a look at this very important subject, Lyle, the mark of the beast. Yes. It's a very important subject. And uh, before we before we take a look at what the Bible says, as we pointed out earlier, there's uh, a lot of talk now. Um, on social media and on the internet regarding the possible connection between the mark of the beast and the vaccine because uh, there are some very interesting uh, connections as we'll discover. What have you heard before I take a look at and share some of the things that I've sort of bumped into? Have you, have you, have you been talking to any folk or anything that you've seen online? Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because Mark of the Beast is one of those um, subjects I've actually studied for a very long time. When I first gave my heart to God, I was about 15 years old, and that was in the late 80s. And back then, you know, and I, I picked up a book, and I, I loved Bible prophecy, and I'm reading this book on, on Bible prophecy, and it was all about the Mark of the Beast and this kind of thing. And the theory that was put forward by this book, that it, the book was probably 10 years old when I read it. Mm. And so, you, you know, you, you're talking late 80s, so maybe late 70s was when the book came out. And the book was pointing out that all barcodes mm-hmm. have three sixes in them, which they do. And so, therefore, the mark of the beast was the barcode. Mm-hmm. And they had they were pretty excited because, like, oh, we've discovered what the, where the mark of the beast is. It's the barcode. And, uh, you know, when I look back on that sort of, you know, situation from way back then, it, I sort of wonder where all those people are today and whether they still refuse to buy anything that has a barcode on it in case they... Uh, Catch the mark of the beast somehow, um, but then you know Christian Christian I guess theories uh, moved on from the barcode mm-hmm. in the 1990s. It was all about the computer chip. That's right. The chip was the next big thing. And I remember once again, I had a friend at one stage whose dog got out and roamed the streets and got picked up and um, tossed into the local pound and somebody knew that it was his dog and so they've, they've, they've found him and they've called him up and they're like, well, your dog doesn't have a chip. Your dog can't have a chip. It just has to have a chip, so we'll put a chip in it tomorrow and then you can have your dog back and you know we'll charge you the money for it and et cetera, et cetera. Well... He broke into the pound that night to rescue his dog because he was terrified that his dog was going to get the mark of the beast. Wow. Because it was going to be injected with a computer chip and he didn't want to have his dog have the mark of the beast and he didn't want to have a dog in his house that had the mark of the beast. And, of course, here he is on security camera climbing over the fence in the middle of the night <laughs> and breaking his dog out of the dog pound. He got in all kinds of trouble for that. Um, and then, of course, you know, we moved on from there in the 1990s. I do find a lot of Christians that got stuck there. Yeah. They got, they got stuck in the 90s and they've never been able to get out of the 90s. But in the 2000s, of course, we moved on to, you know, electronic thumbprints, vein scanning, all that kind of thing. I just opened up my computer here a second ago. I can open up my phone, you know, just with a thumbprint. You can yeah. do anything you want with a thumbprint. Yeah. Um, all of my banking that I do, I do on my phone, and it's all done with a thumbprint or a fingerprint, um, you know, and all done electronically that way. So, you know, basically all of my financial tra- transactions are taken to take place with a fingerprint. And, of course, you know, the other technology that came out along with the electronic thumbprint in the 2000s was the... Uh, and, and, of course, I guess back in the 2000s, the only place that I remember using the electronic thumbprint was when, as a minister, I was doing uh, visits to jail systems and, and those mm. kind of things, and they'd, they'd scan your, your thumbprint as you went in. But... Um, the um, we've moved um, on from there now. Well, as well. They, they had they they brought out vein scanning. They brought out iris scanning, and there's facial recognition. Facial now. recognition. So you if know, you go to Sydney International Airport. That's 
that's how they um, identify you. Yes. Even before you go to the passport checkout, they'll identify you through facial recognition. And, of course, if you go to China, the um, the police in China have facial recognition sunglasses so they can see who's walking towards them down the street. Wow. You know, they've, they've gone next level. Of course, you know, that's what – that's Chinese people. That's what they're going to do, <laughs> isn't it? It's like <laughs> these guys have got the craziest tech ever. Um, and, you know, I'm old school in that I open my phone up with a fingerprint. Mm. You know, most phones these days unlock with uh, facial recognition. Well, you, I don't have either. I'm, I'm really old school. I'm going <laughs> to punch in the four numbers. <laughs> <laughs> this is, we're going to have a new name for you, Danny. We're going to call you Danny the Dinosaur. Absolutely. Absolutely. Danny the Dinosaur. So, um, you know, but what was interesting was that uh, my sister-in-law, my, my niece, um, my niece and her mum, my sister-in-law, they look very much alike and they can... Um, they can open her, her niece's phone can be opened by the face of either my sister and oh, my wow. yeah, they're a bit too close together wow which is pretty cool um, so it's not entirely foolproof but you know and so what happened and this is the interesting thing you start off with your barcode that's a piece of technology you go to a computer chip that's another piece of technology you go to electronic thumbprints and vein scanning eye scanning iris scanning those kind of things that's another piece of technology mm-hmm. Then you go to facial recognition. That's another piece of technology. And now we've come down to uh, the vaccination. Mm. And this is another piece of technology. And all of these have, all of these things have been things that have been, where Christians have said, we have discovered what the mark of the beast is. It's here. Yeah. And every single one of them has focused on a piece of technology. Mm-hmm. And this is where people have completely missed you know, this is a masterpiece of Satan because he has completely sidetracked the Christian community away from what the mark of the beast actually is all about. Yeah. Because it's all about worship. That's right. You've got in 12 verses, it emphasizes worship five times. Mm. Five times in 12 verses. That's right. And, of course, you know, they, they, then, then, of course, you've got all these mix-ups with uh, 666 as the mark oh, of the beast. That's the other one. That's, that's the, other, the one. other big one. 666 is not the mark of the beast. It's the number of the name of the man of the beast. That's right. And so when they found the barcode and it had three sixes in it, they're like, oh, we've found the mark of the beast. That's not how you study the Bible. And the problem is, the problem is they don't ask uh, a question that's extremely important who is the beast? Because oh, they, they just automatically think the mark of the beast, they, they, they forget about the beast power, they focus on the mark, and they just, yeah, they attach the beast as just a, a non-essential. Well, it's the mark of the beast, so exactly. it belongs to the beast. That's so who does exactly the barcode right. belong to? Is it, that the beast? Who does the computer chip belong to? You know, is that the beast? Who does the, uh, who does the, 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 the vein scanning, the electronic thumbprint, the iris scanning, the facial recognition software, or the various vaccinations that are available, who do they all belong to? They all belong to different entities. Are you going to tell me all of these different entities are the beast? That's right. So there's and and, and that and there's a lot of confusion because people are not allowing the scripture to speak for itself. They're not allowing the scripture to interpret itself for the for and and that's when you can come up with all sorts of weird and wonderful theories and ideas, which we've got especially with the advent of the internet. We've got so much out there today. Every man and his dog can post whatever they want to, and people believe things. And then you know, with the algorithms and so forth, one thing follows the next, follows the next, and before you know it, in the space of three four hours, 
you've got all sorts of uh, different ideas about what the mark of the beast is when it's not really that. So we want to take a look, Lyle, at, at what the Bible has to say on this subject because really when we take a look at what the Bible has to say, it becomes as clear as the nose on your face. It's just oh, it so super-duper clear. Yeah. Now, before we do that, just want to share with you um, Kanye West uh, when when he when he made um, a declaration that the mark of the beast was the vaccine. I'm just reading here from what he had to say, and I just quote Mark Kanye West. Uh, I think most people, well, not most people, but some people. I'm not sure how many people from Faith FM would be familiar with Kanye West. He's a he's a pretty high. I think, most, but I think most people are familiar with Kanye West. Yeah. Anyway, back in July last, so he's year, a musician. Yeah, he's, he's a, a church pastor. He's a church planter. He's a rapper and and all um, sorts of things. He's a presidential candidate. Well, um, yeah. He he put his hand up for that as well last year. So. He suffers from mental illness. Yeah, um, he struggles with that, and um, you know that's a that's a, a, a sad thing. That a lot of people. He's married to a Kardashian. That probably yes. helps um, some of the some of the listeners anyway. And the Kardashians, they're they're yeah, they're well known. Anyway, so Kanye. Anyway, this is what Kanye had to say. He says, he says, um, and I'll just read. I'll, I'll just read a statement from him. He was interviewed, and he said. In, it's in so many of our children that are being vaccinated and paralyzed. He, he goes on. So when they say the way we're going to fix COVID is with a vaccine, I'm, I'm extremely cautious. That's the mark of the beast. They want to put chips inside us and they want to do all kinds of things with us and to us to make it where we can't cross the gates of heaven. So, so that, that that's Kanye, and um, so he's, he was very serious about that, and he feels that this is a salvation issue receiving the vaccine. The vaccine. Yeah, that, uh-huh. that is the mark of the beast, and that's so. What there that, you go, Danny. And and you, uh, and what, what are you going to do? You're going to take the vaccine? Are you going to? I'm, gonna... I'm going to read my Bible first, <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll make a decision based on that. So um, and that's interesting, and yeah, obviously there there is a lot out there. Um, Oh, oh, ind- individuals who are you, pro. Got pages and stuff oh, there, yeah, I've got pages and pages. But it's interesting. One of the one of the leading churches that endorsed uh, Donald Trump, where Donald Trump spoke at um, to the Latino uh, individuals, you know, in order to sort of take on board as much, as much of the Latino vote as possible. A massive church. Um, this individual, um, this pastor from Miami. He's in a mega church, uh, Gulimerno Maldonado. I should have just left. I should have just said this mega church from Miami. This Latino <laughs> mega church from Miami. Anyway, this pastor has been um, coming up with the same idea, the same conclusion that the mark of the beast is the vaccine. And yeah, this person's got like two hundred forty-six thousand Facebook followers. Well, they kind of missed a few things there because. Um, last time I checked, the mark, the uh, not the mark of the beast, the uh, vaccine was being injected into people's shoulders. Mm. I've I've seen you know a number of you know politicians and celebrities that have gone, yeah, this is us getting the vaccine. It's all being stuck stuck into their shoulders, and that's where I've always received vaccines has been in the shoulder. Uh, the Bible says in the hand or the forehead, so that's right. You know, it kind of doesn't fit. No, it doesn't from that point of view. Just, no. just, there's, a, there's a few things. Just to start with, it doesn't fit. Even for, even if you use, and you should never use, but even if you did use the looks like, sounds like uh, method of interpreting Bible prophecy, um, you know, where if something looks like it and it sounds like it, well, then that must be it. No, that's not how you interpret Bible prophecy. But even if you use that, it doesn't even look like it or sound like it. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So what we want to do is we want to take a look at what the Bible says. We're going to pray, and then we're going to take a look at Revelation 14, 9, 
to 11, where yes. this subject Super important. comes through. And then we're going to start unpacking that. So let's just pause and pray. Then we're going to open up the word. Father in heaven, we, we want to know the truth. You've told us in your word that if we abide in your word, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. So Father, there is, there is so much out there, so much misinformation, so much confusion. We ask and pray that as we open your word, that you'll open our hearts and our minds. Your word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. We claim that promise from your word. Speak to us now, Father. Make this abundantly clear to us is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 All right, Lyle, you've got your Bible there, brother. We want to, we want to open up to that passage. I'm already there. You are I'm there. I'm ready to go. We'll start off with um, Revelation 13. So let's just hit that passage, 16 to 18. This is, well, 16 and 17 in particular. And mm-hmm. verse 18 is the one that is connected to it, and that's where the 666 comes through, and that's where people do connect the two. But if you want to read that, and we'll, we'll start there. He causes all, small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads, that no man might buy or sell except he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. That's 16 and 17. 16 and 17. Okay. So what do we have here? What are some of the elements that we have here associated with the mark? So you've got a mark that is placed either in the forehead or in the hand, and it is used to stop people from... It's basically financial sanctions. Okay, and is it is it um, global? Yes, the Bible is. says the Bible says it's global. Uh, particularly if you go, you know, um, through you know back to say verse fifteen, yeah, power to give life to the image of the beast. That the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. Um, the Bible isn't saying you know as uh, those that would not worship the image in a particular country. It's just, it's worldwide, and the language in this passage has been worldwide all the way down through. Yeah. So once again, you back up to verse 7, it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Power was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations, mm-hmm. and all that live upon the earth. So this is all, 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 all that live upon the earth shall worship him, whose names are not written in the book of the life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. And this is what you find with apocalyptic prophecy, is that, you know, it will start off in John's day, and it will be local. And it will often be local to, you know, various areas uh, within the earth that are significant to um, the, God's message going forward in the world, right down till the end of time, once you come to the end of time, Every single prophecy at the end of time becomes global. That's right. It is global. And we know it's global because, as you pointed out, um, that global theme is all the way through Revelation 13. It begins there in verse 3. It does. It speaks of the beast, and it says in verse 3 of Revelation 13, 3, and I saw one of his heads as if it was mortally wounded. He's speaking of this beast power that we identified in our last program. And his deadly wound was healed, and all the world marveled and followed the beast. So this is a, a global event that yeah. impacts the whole world, and rich or poor, slave or free. And this is the thing that really worries me about Christianity, because Christianity, and I'm speaking Christianity in general, Christianity in general has had these different theories as to what the mark of the beast might be. And it's scary. It's absolutely scary that they have different theories as to what it might be. Because this is not something we can afford to theorize about. Mm. And because of what God says about the mark of the beast, it's not something that God is going to leave somehow unclear. Mm. 
God's going to make it abundantly clear exactly what it is because, you know, you don't want a situation where it's like, well, you ended up being injected with a vaccine um, and you didn't even realise that it was the mark of the beast. Well, you're locked out of heaven now. You know, sorry about that. You know, that's not the kind of God that we serve. No. That is a God that is worse than, you know, some of the worst human beings that we yeah, know. Absolutely. We're going to continue this discussion, folk, after this song. Stick around. Can you hear Jerusalem's cry? Can you see the storm on the rise? Look around, you can't deny this is the hour of heaven's time. Armies gather in the east for the war that's soon to come. Welcome back. 
to Looking Up. You're with Danny and Lyle. He is filling in for Sharissa and he is doing an amazing job. Fantastic, Lyle. I'm really enjoying this Bible study with you and we are taking a look at this all-important subject of the mark of the beast. And is there any connection with the COVID-19 vaccine or is there something far more important that we ought to be aware of that the Bible is bringing out? And uh, while that beautiful song was taking place. A nice country song, isn't it, eh, boy? Yeah. yeah. You like Randy country. Travis? Yeah, I like country too. I'm married to Shell, so, you know, there's, <laughs> I'd listen to whatever she listens to. <laughs> she, she's, she's great at picking songs. Okay. She, are you from the, are you from the South? Shell? No, you're not from the South, so. But they only have two, they only have two kinds of music in America. What, what are they? Country. And Western. No, now I'm getting in trouble. Now I'm getting in trouble. All right, okay. Anyway, I was, I was sharing with Lyle that back in 2018, just to, just to illustrate what's out there online, back in 2018, into, into the Google search engine, I simply typed in, what is the mark of the beast? Question mark. What is the mark of the beast? Question mark. And um, in 2018, there were 126 million, not thousand, million sites that had something to say on that question as I typed it in. That's absolutely mind-bogglingly <laughs> How many was there in 2018? Say that again. 20, in 2018, two years ago, there was 126 million results for what is the mark of the beast from Google. So what's that? Is that like 1.26 billion? No, no. 100, no, 126 million. But isn't 100 million a billion? No, no, no. 1,000 million is 1 billion. Mm. So a thousand million is one billion. So one hundred twenty-six. I want it to be a billion. Well, we're getting there. We're getting there because I, I type those some. I type that same phrase into Google today. So twenty twenty-one. So what? Three years later, and we are now looking at two hundred and twenty-two million hits. So it's gone up by one hundred million. Yeah. In two years. In three years. In three years. In three years from 2018 to now. Until my so. math is not good. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know so, what a billion is. So I don't you know, know how long it is between 2018 <laughs> and now. So, I mean, so Lyle, uh, what I'm trying to illustrate here is if you go to Google and you go to the internet, it's hit and miss as to what you're going to come across. I'm sure there's the Bible truth out there mm-hmm. um, because I, I came across a few where they were right on the money. But... It is hit and miss, and imagine trawling through all that information. And that's why people just give up, or they come to some kind of, yeah, crazy well, they come idea. To, they come to a conclusion that we don't actually know what yeah, it is. that's the thing. And so we don't really need to worry about it too much, um, and that you can't actually find out what it is, and maybe, you know, hopefully sometime in the future God will show us clearly what it is, and in the meantime they come up with a million different theories as to what it is, which makes Christians look like fools, because every time the technology changes, their interpretation of the Bible changes. That's right. And yet, and yet the Bible says very clearly, Peter said, you know, we have a more sure word of prophecy. Which you do yes. well, you know, to heed as a light that shines in a dark place. And that's from Second Peter chapter 1. Now, this is a very serious issue because this is going to divide the world into two camps, the saved and the lost. Uh, those that are bound for the kingdom and sadly those that will never see the kingdom. Now, Revelation 13 is followed by Revelation 14. I've shared this with our listeners in the past, but the book of Revelation is um, put together in chiastic form. By, by that, in just simple terms, it's, it's, it's Danny, a bullseye. This is Danny the theologian. <laughs> hardly, hardly. Uh, the book of Revelation, if you can picture a bullseye, if you can picture like an archery uh, bullseye where the very heart 
of the of the bullseye is right there in the middle. Yeah, so you can come in from either side. Exactly. And exactly. you're going to land in the same place. Exactly right. So, um, so the very heart of the book of Revelation is Revelation chapters 12, 13, 14. That's the very heart of the book. And right at the end of the heart, in Revelation chapter 14, we have what is known as the three angels' messages or the everlasting gospel. The, the message that Jesus shared must be shared with the whole world before he comes. So if Jesus said the gospel is going to go to the whole world, um, to every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. That's Matthew 24, 14. And in Revelation 14, 6 to 12, we have, we have the gospel in an end time context to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. And so we have three messages. In the first message, in two words, God shares his truth, God's truth. The second angel's message that is all about... words. No, sorry, God's truth. Okay, okay. Right, God's, right, truth. God's truth. Two words. <laughs> then, then the second angel's message is all about Babylon, and basically there God exposes Satan's lies. So we've got God's truth, Satan's lies is the second angel's message, and in the third angel's message, which we're going to read right now from verses 9 to 12, it's your choice. Nice. God's truth, Satan's lies, Satan's lies, your choice. Which one are you going to take on board? And we have that choice in the third angel's message where the mark of the beast is once again highlighted up against loyalty to God. So could you go for that, please? Um, Revelation 14, verses 9 to 12. The Bible says, The third angel followed them, saying with a loud voice, If any man worship the beast in his image and receive his mark in his forehead or in his hand, the same will drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out without mixture, that's undiluted, into the cup of his indignation, and he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone in the presence of the holy angels and the presence of the Lamb. And the smoke of their torment ascends up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night, who worship the beast in his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Mm-hmm. And verse 12. And verse 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Okay, so so without getting into any 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 detail, just from a surface look just just by taking us by just by taking a surface look at the text i'll get there what do we find here lyle really really strong language very strong language like the strongest language you'll find anywhere in the entire bible so god is saying under no circumstances under no circumstances are you to take on board the mark of the beast in your right hand or in your forehead there is no warning Anywhere in the Bible that comes even close to this one, absolutely. So, which, quest- is, which, which, which is which is what's so bizarre about Christians who theorise about it all the time, as if as if God would give us this this warning. And sorry, you've started me on a rant, <laughs> but it's like, do you really think that God would give us a warning like this? Right, that would be the strongest language, the most severe language you'll find anywhere in Scripture, and say, "Don't under any circumstances get the mark of the beast." But I'm not going to tell you what it is. I know because it's crazy. Because following on from that, in Revelation 16, one and two, we won't take a look at that. But that's Revelation 16 is the seven last plagues, ah, yeah, and yeah. very clearly at the beginning of Revelation 16, it tells us those who receive the mark, re- of the mark of the beast receive the seven last that's plagues. Right. And so that would be that would be like me as a father, right? Uh-huh. I've got two daughters. Uh-huh. You got two boys. I got two daughters. Uh-huh. As a father, I love my girls, and I'm thinking of them as little girls. And I would say to them, girls, whatever you do, do not touch the doobie lackey in the house. Okay. And they're like, Dad, what's the doobie lackey? And I'm like, Well, that's for me to know and for you to find out. 
And Otherwise, you're going to die. And then, of course, if they do touch that doobie lacquer, you're going to die. It's going to electrocute them very slowly and painfully to death. Exactly. And I'm not going to tell them. They need to find out. Yeah, they yeah. need to go search Google to find out what the doobie lacquer is in Dad's house. And they may or may not find it on Google because there is, what, 200 million different answers to what the doobie lacquer is well, on Google. The, uh, so that's going to be super confusing. I reckon there's at least 2 million hits on what is the doobie lacquer. According to Google, at least so they got no chance in Danny's house, in my house. So, um, so the point here is, and let let let's just remember how God works in the past, okay? Before we go any further, let's work right from the very beginning. Adam and Eve. Did God make it clear which tree was the tree of death? Absolutely. Yes. He, pointed out. he said this one right here. That's right. There are two trees in the middle of the garden. The Bible says one is the tree of life. The other one is a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God made it clear. Do not eat the fruit from this tree, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. Now, if that's not clear instructions, I don't know what is, Lyle. Mm-hmm. So right from the very beginning, Noah. Okay, let's go to Noah. He made it clear. If you don't get in the boat... You're going to drown. You're going to die. This world is going to be taken over by water. Jesus comes along and he says, Jerusalem will be destroyed. It will be, it will be taken, taken over by the Romans. This temple that you see, not one stone is going to be left upon another. It will be destroyed. And Jesus himself in Matthew 24, Luke 21, you can check it out, folk. We don't have time to go there. But Jesus told the Christians who would be living 40 years after his ascension to heaven, he told the Christians that there would come a time when they would be able to flee the city. And that's exactly what happened. When Jerusalem was besieged the first time in 67 AD, the Roman armies mysteriously walked away. That's right. And that's that was the sign to the Christians, their time to flee. Leave everything behind. Don't go back to your home to, to pick up your cloak. Just leave everything. Just just leave and run. And we've been. We've been to that city of Pella in Jordan uh-huh. where they did go. Yes. Many Christians went there. Yes. And um, so Jesus gave warnings all the way through Scripture. And at the end of time, we're dealing with a worldwide issue how on earth is God not going to make it clear what the mark of the beast is in order for us to remain faithful to God and not receive it and not be lost? You know, it's interesting um, because, uh, and this is maybe a slight sidetrack, but it is relevant to what we're talking about. The Bible says, you know, Jesus said, when you see the abomination of desolation stand in the holy place, flee. Now, what a lot of people miss is that there were two holy places. There's the holy place in the temple. Well, by the time the Romans were standing in the temple, Jerusalem was gone. It was done. It was taken. It was too late. It was over. But there was a second holy place, which was a two-mile exclusion zone outside the city where people were not allowed to trade on the Sabbath day. Yeah, yeah. And it was basically what God was saying when you see paganism standing in the place of the holy place. In other words, when you see paganism standing in the place of the Sabbath day, know that it's time to flee. Mm. That's exactly right. And that's going to actually relate to the mark of the beast. When you see paganism standing in the place of the Sabbath, it's time to flee. It is. So what we have here in Revelation 14, as you read those passages 9 to 12, we have, we have the worship of the beast, mm-hmm. his image, and to receive his mark. Yes. In, in opposition to those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the commandments of God are in opposition to whatever this mark is. That's right. Okay. So that's a big clue. 
That is a hideous. huge clue. And you've got a bunch of these contrasts that run through the Bible and... Uh, and the book of Revelation in particular. Yes, the book of Revelation in particular because you've got the, you know, you've got the, the, the three angels' messages yes. that you mentioned there. There's three unclean spirits. That's right. You've got the woman in white versus the woman in red. You've got um, the Antichrist versus the Christ. You've got the uh, city of Babylon versus the city of Jerusalem. You've got the seal of God versus the mark of the beast. And, of course, the seal of God is directly related to the law of God. That's right. And so we've got the lamb versus the dragon. Um, yeah, so we've got all these. We've got eternal life, eternal death, holy versus the unholy, righteous versus the unrighteous in Revelation 22. So we've got these contrasts. So we are now set up, Lyle, we are set up to find out what the seal of God is. Okay. Because if you have the seal of God, you cannot receive the mark of the beast. And when we discover what the seal of God is, as someone once said, it will be elementary. Elementary, yes. well, elementary what the mark of the beast is. <laughs> it will be. It'll be just so clear. So sit back, folk. And, um, and after this, a beautiful song from Forbes family, Which Way Will You Choose? We're going to unpack what the seal of God is. As the world becomes entwined in the lies from Satan's mind, a leader will arise to take the reins. Satan, love, bring us peace if you put your hope in me. Announce the name of Jesus or be slain Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain You got everything to lose As the masses take his mark Believe a lie to chill their hearts They'll know the time has come, the seal of faith. Those who claim to the cross will refuse and pay the cost. As God redeems his own from the sea of hate. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to To an end, hope will tumble down again. The Lord will make them feel their sin and shame. You can make the choice right now, trusting Christ, our hope and crown, or watch the world you love go up in flames. Which way will you choose? Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain, you got everything to Which way will you choose? You got everything to gain. You got everything to lose. Welcome back, and you're with uh, Lyle and Danny on the Looking Up show this Wednesday afternoon, and we are taking a look at this this blockbuster uh, session on the seal of God and the mark of the beast, and where does the vaccine fit in, or does it fit in? Danny, so, you're going to be disappointed. Why? I typed in, what is the Dubilaki in Danny's house? How many hits? 
There's only 42. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> only, did you seriously type that into Google? Oh, have mercy. Oh, mate, this guy, who brought him on the show, Shell? <laughs> I love it, I love it. Lyle is my kind of person. He, he is more organic than I am, Shell. I thought I was reasonably organic. He is totally off the wall organic. Fantastic. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> He's a like Tasmanian. You're a Tasmanian. That's the reason. Yeah, put a Tasmanian and Macedonian on the radio oh, together. Oh, no. And this is the trouble that you get into, you see. I'm pretty sure there's going to be a whole bunch of complaints coming through. Okay, so the number to call <laughs> to complain is 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us if you want to send your complaints through to 0491-064-669. And by the way, I just want to say that um, this is a this is a somewhat controversial subject. Yeah. We would actually love to hear from you. Absolutely. And if you would like to challenge the, what we're saying here... Uh, on Faith FM, then we would love to hear your challenge to this message as well. Do give us a call. We will put you to where there's, there's, you know, we will, we will have that conversation. We are not afraid mm. of scrutiny on this particular subject. And if you're convinced that the vaccine is the mark of the beast, or the chip is the mark of the beast, or that you know facial recognition or whatever else it is, the the barcode is the mark of the beast. Give us a call. Absolutely. Put your case forward. Yeah. And we will compare it with the Bible and find out what does the Bible actually say. Mm. Because one of the problems that we have in Christianity is we have way too much of people listening to preachers mm. and way too little of people reading their Bibles. Yeah. And so I'm just going to say this. You need to go back after... This show that Danny and I put together, and I, I, I tend to suspect, Danny, this is going to continue yeah, for like the next this three is gonna shows. Be, this is going to be at least part one, probably part two, three following. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and four, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if Lyle's on the show, there'll probably but, be ten parts. But after yeah. every one of these shows, you need to take your notes. Yeah. And you need to go back, and you need to compare it with what does the Bible say. Mm. Like the Bereans. Exactly. Because you need to know what the Bible says. Knowing what Danny and Lyle says, that's not going to save you. Yeah. We can't get to heaven. Danny and I have never been there. We've been to all kinds of places, but we've never been to heaven. Mm. There's only one person who can get you to heaven. There's only one person who has been there that can get you there, and that is Jesus Christ. Mm. And he's given you the instruction book how to get there. That's the Bible. And so go by the Bible. Absolutely. And that's why I love that scripture. It's one of my favorites, John 8, 31 and 32. People go to John 8, 32, which is, you know, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Most Christians know that off by heart. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. But they fail to 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 remember what leads up to verse 32 and that's verse 31 if you abide in my word Jesus says then you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free so unless we're abiding in the word unless we're comparing scripture with scripture line upon line here a little there a little as the bible says we're going to be pushed in this direction like all winds of doctrine that's right you know and whatever our itching ears want to hear that's what we'll gravitate to so we want to take a look at what the Bible has to say because that's all we're interested in. So we've discovered that the Bible deals with opposites. In particular, the book of Revelation deals with yes. opposites. And so the opposite to the mark of the beast is the seal of God. And in Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 3, we have this reference to the seal of God. So do you want to read that for us, please, Lyle? Revelation chapter 7, verses 1 to 
verse, actually read up to verse 4. Revelation 7, verses 1 to 4. And after these things I saw four angels standing in the four corners of the earth, holding the four winds of the earth, that the wind should not blow on the earth, nor on the sea, nor on any tree. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And it cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the, earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard the number of those which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of all the tribes of the children of Israel. Okay, there's uh, a lot in here, Lyle. There is so much in there. But the first thing we want to take a look at is um, the symbolism of the four winds yes. blowing. And God says to the angels, the four angels, they're symbolic of of. There's not necessarily four angels, literal angels, but the four corners of the earth. And well, the four winds is, the a, four is, is a term that's used in the Bible to reference the four points of the compass. That's right. The whole world. That's right. And wind is also, you know, destruction. There, there, there's a lot of turmoil and so forth. So God is saying, don't let those four winds go. Mm-hmm. Do not let that end time destruction go, which is the seven last plagues, yep. which which is the connection to Daniel 12.1. You know, a time of trouble such as never was. That's right. So, so you, twelve, you, you sorry, your four winds is a time of trouble such as never was, which is further expounded upon and described in Revelation sixteen. That's right. So God is saying, do not let the winds go until my servants are sealed in their foreheads. Notice, there's nothing of the sealing of God in the right hand. But yet the mark of the beast can be received in the forehead and in the right hand. Now, why would that be? Ah, that's a really good answer. When you read the Bible, the Bible often talks about your forehead. And the Bible says in relationship to the forehead that this is where he wants to put his law. I will, you know, the, the, the new covenant. I will write my law mm-hmm. in their mind. Yes. He wants it written in the mind. And the uh, forehead, you know, in particular, is where we make moral decisions. Interesting, you know, modern biology has figured out that the forehead is actually the, the, the part of our brain in which we make moral decisions. Mm-hmm. And you'll find that throughout Scripture, that when the Bible talks about the forehead, when it talks about the mind, uh, it's, it's talking about making moral decisions. And the law of God is a moral law. That's why God wants to write it in our minds so we make moral decisions to keep a moral law. Mm. The hand in the Bible is... If you look at the hand whenever it's used symbolically, you'll find over and over again these phrases like the works of men's hands. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ecclesiastes in particular, Solomon yes. speaks of the works of your hand. The works over and over through the Bible. And so hand involves, is, is in all about actions mm-hmm. and the actions that you perform. Now you can do things with your hands without making any moral decision. Mm-hmm. You just, it's an action, you just do it. And this is the difference between the seal of God and the mark of the beast. To receive the seal of God, it requires making a moral decision to be a servant of God. And it requires choice. Choice. Because because it appears that there will be those that will receive the mark of the beast out of choice. Yes. And that there will be those that receive it in their right hand out of compulsion. In other words, they will make a moral decision or an immoral decision, we might call it. Yeah. Uh, You know, there will be those who will say, no, I'm going to rebel against God. I do not uh, believe in God. I'm going to serve Satan and I'm going to receive the mark of the beast because I think this is what will be the best outcome for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you will have those who were, you know, they received the mark of the beast in their forehead. in their forehead, in yeah. their mind. Yes. And it's interesting here because, you know, it talks about in rather than on, in my translation yes. anyway, which is better than yours. Um, <laughs> You're probably right there. 
um, that was a joke. But it, you know, um, when it comes to receiving it in the hand, there will be many people who are like, well, I'll do whatever I need to do not to have financial sanctions, you know, mm-hmm. placed against me. There's a law here that you can't buy or sell unless you receive this particular mark. So, sure, I'll receive the mark. They don't make a moral decision to do so. They're not making a moral decision to rebel against God mm. in that they've said, I'm going to become a worshipper of Satan. They've just said, well, I'll follow the beast because I get to eat that way. That's right. And that's, and that's um, yeah, how I'm going to survive, how I'm going to feed my family and so on and so forth. So they make a decision based on their, their felt needs. It's, a, it's an action. It's not something that they believe as a moral yeah. Truth. Yeah. Now, what's interesting, Lyle, is we discovered in verses 9 to 12 of Revelation 14 that we have the mark of the beast in opposition to the commandments of God. Now, you talked about the commandments of God in our foreheads mm-hmm. um, and so forth. Now, let's go to the other passage in Revelation, Revelation 14, 1, where it's really fascinating because there's a strong connection here with the commandments of God once again. It's, it's interesting before you go there, yeah. um, I'm not sure whether you're planning to go to Deuteronomy or not, um, where the Bible says in relationship to the law of God, yeah, bind it on your forehead. Yes, yes, yes. You know, um, Deuteronomy as, as frontlets, six, I think. Yeah, yeah. As frontlets between your eyes. And mm. of course, you know, a lot of Jewish people take that very literally and so they write out a little copy of the law and put it in a little box and tie it up on their forehead. It's called the phylactery. And, and even on their right hands, I've and seen the, it. Yep, that's right. And so the issue with the forehead and the right hand is the law of God. Yeah. This is what it's all about. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as the Bible says, you know, in relationship to the mark of the beast, the right hand or the forehead, it should direct your mind instantly to the law of God. Mm. And then when you go to the seal of God, you know immediately this has something to do with the law of God. Yeah, that's right. It's very clear because it's there in Revelation 14, 12. Yes. They are in opposition. They keep the commandments of God and they have the faith of Jesus or faith in Jesus. It can be Mm -hmm. translated either way. And so Christ and his commandments are center. And the last time I checked John 14, 15, Jesus said, if you love me, keep keep my my commandments. That's Jesus speaking. So love... Jesus and the commandments are front and center at the end of time in opposition to that which is opposite. That's right. So let's go to Revelation 14.1. Cool. There are so many scriptures. Yeah, that one in Deuteronomy. I'm aware of that one and I was thinking, do we go there? But Well, um, we kind of did. Yeah, we kind of did. You can look it up. It's in chapter 6. It's in chapter 6, Revelation. I'm sorry, Deuteronomy 6. But go to Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. Now, it's interesting. We shared verses 6 to 12 is the final message of God's love. It's called the everlasting gospel. Revelation 14, 1 to 5 describes the people. These are those that are sealed. Yes. These are the ones that proclaim God's end time message to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. And what follows, verse 12, is the second coming of Jesus. The rest of chapter 14 is the second coming of Jesus. There's two groups. There's those that are the saved, the wheat, and there's those that are the lost, the grace. So in effect what you've got is a special people with a special message for a special time. Exactly. Preparing the world. That's Revelation 14. That's Revelation 14. Yeah, I like that. Could you say that again? That was really good. A special people with a special message for a special time. That's Revelation 14 in six words. Amen. Amen. There you go. So you can do do your three Andrews messages in six. (laughs) I can do the whole chapter in six. Oh, look at that. Look at that. All right. I think that might have been, yeah, six words. Special I think, people, special message, special time. I like that. Very good. 
Revelation 14.1. Revelation 14.1. Shell was counting on her fingers yeah, to see well, whether it was correct or not. So, ah, uh, no, Shell's got about eight, nine fingers up. Anyway, whatever. whatever. Revelation, Revelation 14.1. Isn't that wonderful how we've got our wives just to keep us honest? Continually. You, you There's have no the same experience as well? But she, if my wife was here on radio, oh, by now she would have like interrupted me 20 times. <laughs> you know, I think it's one of these, I think it's one of these things that God blesses us with wives because somehow or other, they're so much more honest than we are. Yeah, they develop we're, our we're, characters we're just for guys. The we're just guys and we're like, yeah, yeah, it's something like, you know, around about. Yeah. And they're like, no, it's exactly this many. Yeah. Like, well, it's near enough, you know, it's near enough. Especially when it comes to how you put the washing out on the washing line. It's very specific, very specific. There are commandments involved with that in my household anyway. I don't know about yours. Oh, you have no idea. You have no idea. Revelation 14.1. So do you want to read that passage, which is um, the the passage that is the parallel passage to Revelation 7? And I looked and lower lamb stood on Mount Zion. And with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Okay, so here we have... 144,000. 144,000. We have the forehead. Yes. And this time, instead of the seal, we have the father's name. So the seal and the father's name must have something to do with each other. They're, they're identical. They're twins. Exactly. Okay. Same thing. So what we need to discover is what does a name represent in the Bible? Yes. And a name in the Bible represents character. Okay, you've Absolutely. got you've got Jacob. His name was changed from Jacob, which means deceiver, supplanter, one who takes, to Israel. One who is a prince of God. So his name was changed. Abram was changed to Abraham. You've got Saul was changed to Paul. You know, Peter, he was changed. He had, well, changed or a nickname or whatever. Um, Peter, Petros to, um, what was he? Uh, Simon Peter. Simon Peter. Simon right. Peter, yeah. So a name represents character. A name represents character. And so God's law is his character. It's That's a transcript of his character. That's right. And so we have God's character, we have God's law, we have Jesus, we've got faithfulness, we have the seal, they are all one. Yeah, so, when you look at the law of God, the first four commandments are all about love to God. They are. They are. The last six commandments are all about love to each other. Therefore, the commandments are all about love. And the Bible says that God's character is love. Therefore, the law of God is a transcript of the character of God. Absolutely. Now, when it comes to the seal, um, I came across this amazing scripture in 2 Timothy chapter 6, verse 19. 2 Timothy chapter 6, verse 19. Notice these words, folk. Listen up. And this is a, a scripture worth noting. Jot it down if you have a pen. Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands having this seal. Okay, here we go. The Lord knows those who are his, and let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. This is a fascinating scripture. So the Bible tells us that this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he says, this is the seal of God, that the Lord knows those who are his. This fits right in with Revelation 14.1. Absolutely. They have the Father's name written on their foreheads. And it says, let everyone who names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And what is the definition of iniquity according to 1 John 3, 4? Transgression of the law. Exactly. So what's involved again? The law of God. The law of God. So these are individuals who are sealed because by God's grace and through the power of the Holy Spirit, they have chosen to keep God's Ten Commandments. So the seal of God really then is an identifying, you know, the seal of God and the mark of the beast are two identifying marks whereby God identifies those who are his mm -hmm. and those who are Satan's. Exactly. There's only two groups at the end of time. 
Exactly, exactly. And so a seal, a seal, there's, there's a number of elements to a seal, which we're going to come back to because I'm just looking at my screen here. There's a few things that I want to bring out and we don't have time for that because we are about to move into uh, another song and then we've got the news and then we've got a final section coming up. But we're going to be taking a look at the significance of a seal in Bible times, yes. because that's what we need to know and the relevance that it has for us today. So, folk, I hope you've enjoyed it thus far. This is a really meaty and an extremely important subject. Sit back as you listen to this beautiful piece of music. You're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right. And if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim. You can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun. So catch you then. I'm Robbie Bergen, and I'm inviting you to tune in to my brand new show right here on Faith FM, The Faith Experiment. Join me as I share with you my personal experiment with faith and how September 11, 2001 helped shape my worldview. I've got great giveaways, so join me on Mondays right after The Breakfast Show right here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. And welcome back, folk. You are on the afternoon looking up show on this beautiful 
Wednesday afternoon. I was going to say sunny, but it's cloudy out there, Lyle. But it's a great day because we are in the Word of God. And any time we are in the Word of God, it's a great day. Absolutely. And so we have been looking at this explosive and all-important study on the Mark of the Beast. And um, we, are, we, are, we are ripping away the confusion, the, the, the false theories and ideas and the nonsense that's out there by taking a look at Scripture. Going back to the Bible. Going back to it. It's amazing when we go back to the Bible, when we go to our GPS, how all the pieces fall into place and it becomes so, so simple. Even a three-year-old can understand. And that's just the beauty of God's Word. Now, we had one caller calling in and asking how can they, how can they tap into some of the previous programs that lead up to this program? And so you can go to the Faith FM website. So you can go to faithfm.com.au and go to the podcast section there. And under the podcasts, you'll discover looking up and you can tap into each and every one of the programs that we've done in the past, all the way from when we began, basically last year sometime since COVID came to town, we were on air looking at looking at what is taking place in the world from a prophetic point of view. And so feel free to do that. We've been going through the book of Daniel um, this year, and so you'll be able to catch up on that over the last probably 10 or 12 episodes as we've gone through the book of Daniel. So today is our first session on this all important on, on all on this all important study. There's no way we're going to cover it all today. We're going to be dealing with it the next time we're together, which will be in two weeks' time. Uh, we won't be here next week, but in two weeks' time, we are back to continue the journey, and then we'll carry on from there. Now, Lyle. Yeah, uh, before we do, real before, quick, before there's also do. the survey. Oh, the survey. Do that. I okay, forgot so all the about survey. the survey. The survey, there is a survey that is out there. Uh, go to faithfm.com.au, you, and you can do the survey right there. Uh, we want to find out how can we make Faith FM a better radio station mm. for you. Now, this is a survey that has been do- being done across Christian radio. We are not the biggest Christian radio broadcaster out there. Wow. But we have the most passionate listeners. Wow. Because we have more listeners per capita doing the survey than anybody else in any oh, other. Praise the Lord. We need to increase that even more. So we want to know, we want to hear from our passionate listeners. You've got two days left. Mm-hmm. There are 10 $100 gift cards to win. Um, that will be going out to people who have filled out the survey. And so if you go to faithfm.com.au and fill out the survey and tell us, you know, do you want to, do you, do you want Danny to continue here or not? You know, just have a little bit Don't of Don't answer that question. <laughs> Don't answer that question. <laughs> I fear, I fear the answer. <laughs> do you want to hear more about the mark of the beast? Uh, whatever it might be, mm. we want to hear your opinions yeah. as to what makes good radio, good Christian radio, good content so that we can make better content mm. for you. So that's what we're looking for. Um, and so please, Please just jump onto faithfm.com.au and fill out the survey. It'll take you all of about 30 seconds and you'll just have a blessing by, you know, being able to share your opinion right there. Absolutely. So we want to hear from you folks, so please do that. And Lyle, um, you, you raise an interesting point. I mean, when we tap into this subject, there are so many different elements that we can veer off to and we can spend literally hours and hours, but there is one important one. We've already decided this is going to be like a (laughs) multi-part series. I'm not sure if we'll finish it by the end of this year the way we're going, but... um, We'll do a 12-month series on the mark of the beast. (laughs) But this is such an important study and... 
a big question is the 144,000 because we read of that in yes. Revelation 7 and Revelation 14. Once again, those that number comes up 144,000. Now, as there are so many different ideas on the mark of the beast, there are also just as many, probably not as many, but there's a lot of different views and ideas on who these 144,000 are. Is this number a literal? Are these the only people that are going to be saved at the end of time? Um, who are these people? Um, are they literal Jews from the 12, from the 12 of tribes, can you can you give us a okay? So I'm going to give you the real that. short version. Yep. So this is the real short version. Uh, the Bible says that the 144,000 are those that receive the seal of God, mm-hmm. and a lot of people uh, will read then you know of the tribe of Judah, twelve thousand of the tribe of Reuben, twelve thousand. I'll read down through here and like, oh, these are all Jewish tribes, and they will come to the conclusion that they don't need to worry about receiving the seal of God because they're not Jewish. And it says also they are males. And yes. they're virgins. They're males and they're virgins. According to Revelation 14. That's right. And so a lot of people are like, well, this doesn't apply to me. And so they won't even study what the seal of God is. Mm. But they miss a couple of important points. And that is that in the Bible, there are two types of Israel. Mm-hmm. And both kinds of Israel have 12 tribes. You have literal Israel that has 12 tribes. We're all familiar with that. You have spiritual Israel that also has 12 tribes. So, for instance, in James chapter 1 and verse 1, when James writes his letter to the Christian church, he calls the Christian church the 12 tribes. Mm, fascinating. So both literal and spiritual Israel have 12 tribes. So what you've got to ask is, okay, the ones that are listed here... you've got the here, 12 disciples yes, in the New Testament. Yes, and you've got the 12 uh, gates to the New Jerusalem, mm-hmm. each which... You know, each one having a name of one of the twelve tribes, yeah. implying that you know you go into the gate that has your name above and the twelve apostles, the foundation. That's right. Yep. Okay. So, um, what we've got to determine first of all is the twelve tribes that you have listed in Revelation seven. Is this literal or is this spiritual Israel? Mm-hmm. Now, um, you're a Bible student, Danny, so I can I know I can ask you this question. Um, twelve tribes of literal Israel. Does it include the tribe of Ephraim? Literal. No. no. Literal Israel. Oh, in literal Israel, indeed, yes. 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 Does literal Israel include the tribe of Dan? Literal Israel does, indeed. Okay. If you read down through the list here in Revelation chapter 7, and this is a clue that so many people miss. This is a really good point, You Lyle. will not find the tribe of Ephraim. Or Dan. Or Dan. Mm. So it is absolutely impossible for Revelation chapter 7... And this is what God is communicating to us by leaving those two tribes out. He's communicating this to us. This is not literal Israel. This is spiritual Israel. This is the church. This is God's people. Mm. So that's the first thing about the 144,000. Now, exactly who they are. Uh, we go to Revelation 14, and the Bible says, I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on Mount Zion, and with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. Number one, they are standing on Mount Zion in front of the throne. Mm-hmm. I heard a voice from, from this is verse 2, I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of great thunder, and I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps, and they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. No man could learn that song except for the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. So we find the 144,000. They're standing on top of Mount Zion in front of the throne, Singing a song. Mm-hmm. We're clear on that so far? Yep. Good. Hold that thought, and we're going to add one more detail, which is found in Revelation chapter 4, and this detail shows us what they are standing on, on top of Mount Zion. Okay. 
Revelation 4 and verse 6, the Bible says before the throne, because remember they're standing in front of the throne. That's right. So in front of the throne there was a sea of glass like crystal. So if they are standing in front of the throne, they are standing in front of the throne on the sea of glass on the top of Mount Zion singing a song. That can't be on this earth. Okay, now, this is very true, very, very valid point right there. Uh, If you go to Revelation chapter 15, the Bible tells you exactly who they are. Revelation 15 verse 2, I saw as it were a sea of glass mingled with fire, those that had gotten the victory over the beast, his Mm. image, his mark, the number of his name, stand on the sea of glass, having the harps of God, they sing the song of Moses, the servant of God, the song of the Lamb, saying, Great and marvellous are your works, Lord God Almighty, just and true are your ways, you King of Saints. Uh, So there's your 144,000. The Bible tells you exactly who they are. They are those who have gotten the victory over the beast, his image, the number of his name, and the mark of the beast. So these are the redeemed at the end of time. Yeah, exactly. These are the ones that Revelation 14, 12 describes as here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. The patient saints. Special people with a special message for a special time. This is God's people. I love that. Um, Some people worry about them being virgins. Mm -hmm. Um, the Bible says in verse 4, they are not defiled with women. Mm-hmm. Now, women don't defile unless they are a defiling woman. Mm-hmm. And a defiling woman is symbolizes a false church. Yes. So they're not defiled with false teachings, false doctrines, corrupt churches. All a that woman kind of represents a church. Woman represents Bible. a church. And whether in she's the Bible. pure or impure will depend on exactly. whether she's a true um, or false church. So you church. don't need to worry about your marital status or otherwise there. It's yeah. talking about you know doctrine and so forth. The other question that needs to be answered very quickly that a lot of people panic over is, is this a literal number or a symbolic? And on this, I have an opinion. Go for it. Go for it. I will share my opinion if, and you can, use, you can text it through, if you can tell me what difference it makes. Exactly. There is only one, there's, there's, there is no reason that any of us cannot be a part of the 144,000. So That's there's right. a, you know, life goals for all of us. And there is plenty enough room. Uh, for all of us to aspire to be one of the 144,000, and that's all that matters. And if you really want to find out the answer to that question, there is a very, very easy way to find out the answer. And that is? Be one. Do a head count. Amen. Do you know what I focus on? Um, I don't focus so much on the the number itself, the no, 144,000. It's all about the character. It's about the character. It's about the character. And so we, we've discovered that the law of God is a transcript of his character. Yes. And so you have this group of people here in Revelation 14, verse 4. It says they so follow... So God's people just before Jesus comes Just back. before Jesus comes. This is us. It says they follow the Lamb wherever he goes. Yes. They follow the Lamb wherever the he key. goes. That is the key. So they follow Jesus wherever he will lead them. And when Jesus was the Lamb, he was going to Calvary. That's right. So they follow the Lamb to Calvary. That's exactly right. They follow the Lamb in sacrifice, the sacrifice of themselves. You know, the Bible says, um, you know, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And you shared that earlier, that scripture in Revelation 13, 8, but it's probably worth repeating at this point, seeing where we're on this point of following the Lamb wherever He goes, to whatever length, in Revelation 13, 8, where it speaks of the entire world that will follow and worship after the beast, which is in connection with the mark of the beast, it says, all who dwell on the earth will worship him, that is this beast power, and ultimately receive his mark, which we're going to unpack um, in a future presentation, except for those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Every single person will worship the beast and receive his mark, except 
those whose names have been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. So those who follow Christ and are willing to have their lives sacrificed on his behalf because of their loyalty to him because that is what he did for them first. Absolutely. So this is what we're looking at the end of time. And this sealing... As we, as we seek to land, um, the significance of a seal. This, this is huge. This is so huge. And this taps into this whole idea that we are dealing with character. Yes. The law of God, his character. And we're going to discover what that is in the heart of his law. But the significance of a seal, there's five points that I have here. And I get these from, um, uh, a pastor by the name of, uh, Dwight Nelson, he's a minister there in the United States of America and in a devotional called The Chosen that I read through once, he, he outlined a seal uh, according to ancient times. This is what a seal encapsulated. Firstly, proof of ownership, okay, who the person is. Proof of authenticity was the second point. Proof of approval, Proof of irreversibility. That's like King Darius, you know, um, the seal and on the seal of Jesus' tomb when he was buried. And then the fifth point, proof of likeness. I like this point, Ooh. proof of likeness. Um, he points out, Dwight points out that ancient kings used cylindrical seals to roll their likeness onto the soft wax so that all who would later see the seal would recognize the likeness of the king. Mm-hmm. And so that is exactly what we're speaking of here in Revelation 14, because here is a group that follow the Lamb wherever he goes. There is no guile in their mouths. And it's interesting, Peter speaks of Christ as one who had no guile. So Jesus had no guile. Here is a group who, who have become so Christ-like, nothing of the world everything of Christ in their hearts and in their minds, and they are like Christ. And this is taking us back to God's original plan where God created man and woman, what? In his own image, according to his what? Own likeness. Mm -hmm. So God will have a people at the end of time who will seek to be holy through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm talking about W-H-O, holy. Mm -hmm. Holy through the power of the Holy Spirit in the likeness of Christ and his character. Yeah, wow. You can you can use either of those holies in that context. Yeah, you could. You um, could. Yeah. That's that's really and they are the stuff. holy at the end of it. Let him who is holy remain holy. Mm-hmm. Let him who is just remain just, which is in, in connection with the law of God and his character. And this is why this passage is so relevant to us. Yeah. It's about God's people at the end of time. This passage applies to every single one of us, every single one of you that is listening to this today. This passage is for you. And, 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 the, and the opportunity for you is to receive the seal of God. So Amen. we need to find out what the seal of God Amen. is. Amen. And we have pretty much run out of time. We have. And we are going to discover what the seal We've of built God a foundation is. Today. We have built a very good foundation. And this is really important to have a good foundation because this is a big topic and we don't want to just skimp over it. Yes. We want to deal with it um, methodically and, and, and fairly yes. and, and do it in the right way. I like those five points that you uh, brought up there. Can we just go through those very quickly once again uh, before we finish off? Sure. Proof of ownership, proof of authenticity, proof of approval, proof of irreversibility, and proof of likeness. I just want to add to that, you know, the ancient seals and modern seals also, yeah. uh, royal seals, 
um, contain, you know, name, title, and territory. They do. Yeah, the, name, the name of the king, the, his title, and the territory over which yeah. he holds jurisdiction. They are the three points, and they are on our Australian coins. And so we're going to deal with that when we come back in a couple oh, of weeks' time. We we're going to deal with Aussie money, so make sure you stick around, folk. In the meantime, we're going to listen to some music. We're going to come back with the giveaway, so stay tuned and enjoy this beautiful song. These are they. the Forbes family these are they these are they that follow the lamb wherever he goes and um, Lyle it's been an exciting journey I really do want to thank you from the bottom of my heart I've never had the opportunity um, to hang out with you on radio and um, yeah reminds me of my days with my good old mate Peter Watts yeah it was and, good, fun, um, good fun good fun yeah times. so um, yeah we had a great time it's been great to, to discuss this all important subject with you this subject that's going to divide the world into two so folks right. make no mistake about it if there was a subject that you need to know the truth about from a from a Bible prophecy point of view, this is it. This and I, just, is I just it. want to say that you know this would be a great series because it's going yeah. to become a mini series uh, within your show. Uh, it would be a great mini series to go back to the podcast and binge it. Yeah, just 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 binge it through so you get the entire Bible study in one go. 
And in this particular study today, you know, we've built a foundation for the seal of God. We've built a foundation for the mark of the beast. We've found that the seal of God is directly related to the law of God. If we're going to find the seal of God, that's where we're going to find it. Um, and, you know, so it would be great to, you know, go back and have a look at the law of God. We're going to find the mark of the beast, obviously, is going to be the opposite of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's going to be kind of the opposite of God's law. It's going to involve breaking God's law uh, because the issue is all about worship and the highest form of worship is found in obedience and yeah. obedience is defined by God's law. Um, but I thought, you know, we've got a, a minute here or so left. Can I give a couple of other go for tidbits? It. Go for it. Just a, just a go wet for it. apple. Tart. Absolutely. Isaiah chapter 8 and verse 16, the Bible says, bind up the testimony, seal, watch this, the law. Okay, so this is what amongst God is saying. My disciples. Yeah, amongst my disciples. Okay, so this mm-hmm. is what God's saying. It's like, okay, I want you to put the law amongst my disciples and seal it. So if you're going to find the seal of God, where are you going to look? The law. The law of God. Yeah. And so once again, every time you come across this concept of the seal of the living God at the end of time, which is different from the seal of the Holy Spirit, but the seal of the living God at the end of time, you're going to find the law. Mm-hmm. The law is always going to be there at the center of it. Um, another one that um, I find interesting is a passage in uh, Romans. Um, Romans, 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 Romans. Have I got time to go there? Let me see if I can flick over to Romans real quick. And uh, I think this one's in chapter 2. Where is Romans? Why has Romans disappeared out of my Bible all of a sudden? <laughs> it always disappears exactly when I want to find something. And now my verse has disappeared. But basically what you're going to find is that... Um, okay, so Romans chapter 4, verse 11, he received the sign of circumcision, a seal of righteousness. Mm. And this is interesting because when you study the seal of God, you're going to find that the words sign and seal are interchangeable. Yes. Yeah. Are interchangeable. And so this is a sign. It's a seal. It's a sign. Um, so it's going to be something that is an identification, something an that you can see. Sign. An outward sign. It's yeah. An outward identification. These people are servants of God. These people are servants of Satan. And it's going to divide the world in two. So a couple of uh, tidbits right there. Yeah. So we're going to be unpacking all that in our next show. Just a reminder, not next week, but the week after, in two weeks' time, we will be back and the Sharissa will be back and um, filling in, well, continuing on. So, folk, we are about to wrap up, and um, Lyle, you have a giveaway for us this week. I what do. Super excited about this one. It's a book called The Great Controversy. The book actually changed my life back when I was a teenager, so it's been around for a while, um, but I picked up one of these and started reading it, and at the end of that, I was a different person because it directed me to the Word of God. It's what first got me mm. studying the Word of God. It's Amen. called The Great Controversy. Oh, everyone needs to read it. Yes, and it has... A tremendous amount of detail on this subject, the seal of God and the mark of the beast. There is, you know, whole chapters there that get into this subject and just break it down from the scriptures it is so clear and so easy to understand. But it deals with it from the whole, it gives you the whole big picture. You know, it deals with the history of Christianity from the time of, of, uh, you know, the destruction of Jerusalem all the way through until the end of the millennium. Mm, amen. So yeah. give us a call 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491 But before we go, I want to pray for you guys. Absolutely. Thank you, Lyle. Father in heaven, we just thank you for our listeners. We thank you for the time that we are able to come here and to spend with them. Amen. And Father, I pray for every single one 
this afternoon. I pray that you'll be very close to each one, that you will fill them with your Holy Spirit, surround them with your holy angels. May a holy presence be with them at this time. May they be drawn to you and drawn to your word. May they be encouraged and lifted up and blessed with the presence, with the presence that you give to us. And we just want to say thank you for all that you have revealed to us in your word. And we ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you so much, Lyle. And if you want to hear more of Lyle, the morning show is where you'll catch him, Monday to Friday. So tune in. Seven till nine. Seven till nine. And uh, just a reminder that following this show, we've got the afternoon drive show from South Australia, Adelaide, and you will love tuning into that but in the meantime folk my name is danny and i've been blessed to hang out with my mate good lyle my good mate lyle and his dear wife shell and i just want to remind you that fear looks around regret looks back but faith looks up so i want to encourage you as we see the coming of jesus drawing near keep looking up and encourage all those around you to keep looking up until next time god bless and looking forward to hearing seeing you hearing you again bye Don't give up, don't give up When there's pain deep in your heart Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for me.